This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. FC Midtjylland 1, Liverpool 1. Dead rubber in Denmark, but Red's records tumble. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we bring you reaction to Liverpool topping their Champions League group. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on sensational Salah as he surpasses Steven Gerrard's European goal-scoring record. Exceptional player. An absolutely exceptional player. Um, since we worked together, obviously, a lot of things clicked really. The Echo's Liverpool correspondent Paul Gorst on the role played by the academy. Jürgen Klopp, as expected, uh, fielded a host of academy players with an average age of just 24 years and 26 days for this one. Plus, VAR threatens to take centre stage yet again. At the end of the game, I'm, I'm ready to smash the telly up. It's down to VAR again. It's it's really starting to break me now, week in, week out. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the post-game podcast. <laughs> The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool Champions League group stages has concluded with a 1-1 draw at FC Michelin this evening. Means Liverpool top group D as winners with 13 points and sees them into the knockout stages for a fourth successive season under Jürgen Klopp. They will learn their fate in neon later this month when the draw is made. Um, Jürgen Klopp, as expected, uh, fielded a host of academy players with an average age of just 24 years and 26 days for this one. But um, given the fact that this was a dead rubber for the the, uh, the Reds, who had already booked their place in the last 16 after last week's 1-0 win against Ajax, perhaps some fans might have expected more. Uh, there was Reese Williams and 19-year-old Leighton Clarkson, who came in for his Liverpool debut in the midfielder. Uh, it was good. It was good in there alongside Naby Keita. Um, and Sukuni Minamino once again played in that central midfield role. The 19-year-old Clarkson uh, showed his uh, passing range perhaps to a to a new audience who hadn't been too much aware of what he was about before kickoff, uh, Liverpool took the lead inside the first minute with Mohamed Salah when he went clean through on goal. That takes him up to 22 goals now in the Champions League for Liverpool, which is a club record. He uh, he goes above Steven Gerrard, uh, which is an incredible stat when you think that he's only been at the club for just three full seasons. Um, but Liverpool uh, were pegged back in the second half. Um, Fabinho, he was excellent in the first half. He came off for Billy Cumetio, um, and that coincided. With a bit of a fight back from Michelin, who um, got level from the penalty spot uh, after the referee, the book who even Callagher, the goalkeeper, for uh, for coming out and taking down uh, the Michelin attack. Um, Michelin thought they'd made a two-one with with Schultz, the uh, the goal scorer. He thought he had a second, but that was ruled out for offside. Um, another lengthy check with the with the VAR ruled that one out. Liverpool suffered another injury this time to uh, to Costa Shimakas, who come off for Andy Robertson. Um, just before the penalty, uh, Jordan Henderson come on as well for Naby Keita as Klopp brought on a couple of big guns. Uh, Sadio Mane was was brought on for the final five minutes or so. Liverpool finished this game with a really strong team um, in a game that really didn't mean a whole lot. Um, but uh, Liverpool thought they'd won it with Sukuni Minamino in stoppage time. Uh, eight minutes flashed up on the board to give you an idea of just how long the, the lengthy VAR checks were. Um, and after another lengthy VAR check, this one was ruled out, this time for uh, for handball on Sadio Mane. Um, bit of a harsh one, it must be said, but Liverpool won't be too concerned. It means that instead of a 2-1 win, they take the draw uh, and finish uh, Group D with 13 points. Uh, they now go into the draw later this month. Um, but uh, that means that European football is now on the back burner until February. Liverpool uh, finish, as we say, comfortable winners of the group in the end. Um, 13 points from possible 18 and they're, they're joined by Atalanta 
in the last 16. So it's finished Liverpool 1, FC Michelin 1, Liverpool into the last 16 once again, where they will learn their fate later this month. Paul Gorse reporting on Liverpool's one-all away draw with FC Midtjylland in Denmark. That draw for the round of 16 to come on Monday then at 11am. Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Lazio, Barcelona, RB Leipzig, Porto or Borussia Mönchengladbach. The sides the Reds could possibly draw. Well, Salah then surpassing Steven Gerrard's European goal-scoring exploits and scoring the Reds' quickest ever Champions League goal in the process. Trent captaining the side and Billy Cometio and Leighton Clarkson also featuring. Here's what Jurgen Klopp had to say on all of that and more in his post-match press conference. Jurgen, you've coasted through your Champions League group fairly comfortably. You're joint top of the Premier League but for goal difference. Given the number of injuries you've had, and a few controversial VAR decisions. Is that about as well as you could have hoped things would be at this stage? Well, honestly, um, it's absolutely not the moment to think about this kind of thing. So um, we played the game, um, which was a good first half and a less a good second half. We got a point for it, 13 points, that's good, um, but now, already Fulham is in my mind. So um, I cannot really think about um, what happened so far, yes, um, being in whichever position or with whoever together on top of the table is always good uh, in each part of the season. So that's okay. Um, we feel we could have had even more points. Um, we lost completely reserved at Villa point at City was okay, but Brighton and Everton performance-wise, situation-wise, we could have, should have, I'm not sure, won. And um, so point was we could have, we could have more, we could have more. but um, that's just, uh, that's a past. So now it's Fulham and they um, expect our full focus and they will get it. So from now on, that's it. Just because I've only got one more question, can I just ask you whether you were shocked by events in Paris last night? By? Events in Paris last night. Oh, yes, we, we watched the, the gold show, so we, we, we didn't see too much of it, to be honest. We only saw that it was, um, the game was uh, abandoned, interrupted, whatever. Yes, of course. You don't want to see these kind of things in football, but when you are not around and um, didn't hear what happened exactly, I'm not sure if you then should give a, um, a big statement to it, but that it happened, yes, we were sure. Okay. Right, we'll go in order. Mike McGrath, followed by Dom King, followed by Kenneth Christensen, followed by Carl Markham, and that's us. So, Mike first. Hi, Jürgen. Can I ask about... Um, Mo Salah about um, how much of an achievement it is to be Liverpool's top Champions League scorer. Um, also, whether you felt um, whether you felt it was at all a risk at all playing him in in, in a game where you didn't need the points. Look, we were told to play football, and you saw that in the second half. You need a, you can make changes, but you you need a few key positions and of course that could have been um, one of the other three up front as well playing in that um, but that you have uh, kind of patterns up front in the last line obviously that was the reason why Fabinho played um, 45 minutes that we have that there as well 
in midfield. Usually would would have been probably Navi, but he didn't play that often, so he couldn't fulfill that role. Maybe he just needs to get minutes now again. Um, so that's it. That was the decision for Mo. And then how the game developed, how the players looked, and in the end, Mo, Mo looked fine. That's why we didn't take him off. And um, for other players who, even when they don't play that much, then um, it's just really difficult to get through full 90 minutes after or after a pretty long time without having 90 minutes. So, um, Mo, I was in contact with him. He had no issues, and so that was the reason why we left him on the pitch and why he started. Yeah, again, it was a, a big night for a couple of the young lads, uh, particularly Leighton Clarkson and, and Billy Cometio. Um, he's obviously made history in becoming uh, the youngest player to play for Liverpool uh, in the European Cup. Um, it was a tremendous experience for him and one he'll learn from. Yeah, it will, and especially we, we let them um, make the experience without now making this, this one game too big. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have the first Champions League game, but um, it's all a career is all about how many you will have or how many games at all you will play. So both boys have a lot to learn, but they have already uh, are really skilled, and, but it's still a lot to learn and um, we will give them the time to do so. Um, again, tonight they helped us a lot because we could um, rest other players, which is very, very, very important. There was actually no alternative for um, And so, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a little big night for, for both of them. And um, yeah, I, have to be, I, I am really thankful that they, are, that they are already as good as they are. That's the reason why we can use them, but I know there's a lot more to come. Kenneth Christensen, then we'll finish with Carl Markham from Press Association. Kenneth. Yes, hello. Jürgen, what are your thoughts uh, about this uh, game in general tonight? Different halves, eh? uh, two different halves, completely different. Um, I, I like, uh, especially with a so much changed team like we had tonight, the football we played in the first half, um, the way we played, uh, the, the way the boys adapted, not to forget that Takuna Minamino played now only the second time on that position once in Brighton, which was a different game. And tonight it looked already, um, well, we looked much better already in, in the position. Um, and so I, I really liked the, the football we played first half. Could have, we had really big, I'm not sure what to say, if it's not a chance, but nearly a chance, not sure what the English words for that. Um, but we had a lot of these moments which we could have used uh, in a better way. Um, and that was good. We wanted to build another second half that didn't work out. Um, and we didn't play football anymore, um, and Michelin became even more, really more physical. Um, yeah, pretty direct, a lot of balls now. We didn't defend uh, their throwing so good anymore, so it's not, no, not rocket science that they always try to uh, switch the side with these balls. It's just if you don't defend it on the one side, then you have to run to the other side and defend it there, so that's uh, much more intense. First half, we did that much better than second half. So all these little things, uh, but I mean, main part was we didn't play good enough football in the second half and uh, that's the reason uh, why the game um, was much more open in the second half. Um, the situation when Michelin scored the goal wasn't really unlucky that um, Costas Sinikas um, was outside, I think. Um, now late was in the left-back position, that's why it was really close, I think, with offside, no offside. Um, so if there is the usual player on that position, then it's probably offside. Because we all thought it's offside, but it was not. Um, so they get a penalty, one more, and now momentum completely um, swapped 
to to Midland. They were pretty believing, and we were only hard working. In the moments when we played football, we were immediately in and around their box with really a lot of space because of the man marking of um, of Midland, which is when you move. Um, then you, when you move the ball in the right moment, then you can really use that. We did that in some moments really well. Um, but in the end, um, they scored their goal um, and another one, which was then slightly offside. We scored a goal, which I thought meanwhile was handball. Um, yeah, 1 1. That's it. Okay, final question or questions from Carl Markham, and then we're finished. Carl. Hi, Jurgen. Hi, Carl. Um, with with Salah now going past Gerrard as, as the club's leading scorer in the Champions League, is, is, is there anything left to say about, about his talents, about, about his goal-scoring form and, and how he scores the goal and, and when he scores the goals? <laughs> Not sure. So one record after the other, so it's, um, I didn't know that he could break this record tonight. Um, uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, he is proud of that. He should be, um, yeah. Exceptional player, absolutely exceptional player. Um, since we worked together, obviously a lot of things clicked really for all of us. Um, he he helps the team massively, and he knows that he um, and appreciates the help of the team um, as well. Um, so it would have only more than even the incredible number of goals he scored wouldn't have been enough to be as successful as we were. Um, so thank God, Alice scored a lot of goals as well, um, and that made this team really successful. But that moment is a very exceptional player, I think. Nobody doubted it, but if you need numbers to prove, then he delivers that as well. Okay. And if, if you can do it quickly, what was your assessment of the application of VAR tonight? Took just too long. I, I, I think now in the end, I didn't see it back, obviously. Um, and then all the seasons were right. And either way, they were so difficult to make. I don't know, because they all took three, four minutes in the cold for the boys in shower and stuff like this. It's really hard. I can hear already people saying, oh my God, I was talking about that. But it took really long and was really cold. So um, that doesn't help. Um, but in the end, um, I used to be I used to be one of the people who said, yes, we are is a good idea. Um, I'm really not sure if I would say that again, to be honest. Jurgen Klopp, just one of the many beginning to question VAR right about now. More of that and more opinion to come here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Let's head into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group then. David Allen says, No need to overanalyze this one. I saw the expected disjointedness of a team who have barely played together. Have to say it though, the ref and VAR were very frustrating second half. Should not take as long as it did. William Ammo says, Our old friend VAR strikes again. And Jesse Poynton keeps it quite simple, says, I'm not worried about the result, but the passing today was dreadful. If you want even more discussion to be part of it and even have your thoughts read out here on the post-game podcast, just head to Facebook and search for the Blood Red podcast. Join the group. It really is that easy. Time now for more reaction. Here's what Ross made of the evening's action. Another game destroyed, ruined by VAR. But uh, firstly, I'll, I'll mention the positives. 
bit surprised the side that was picked tonight I thought there'd be a lot more you know, youngsters involved a lot more the senior players missing but it is a Champions League game after all like Klopp said and there was a couple in there there was the young Leighton class and they played the played the whole 19 minutes thought he was excellent kept everything ticking over done the simple things obviously still playing Keller in goal he was brilliant a few more youngsters uh, involved, obviously the young centre-back and uh, Williams, the young centre-back, came on in the second half. Uh, Billy Comito, he struggled a little bit in that second half. Obviously looked nervous, big big moment for the for the young kid. And Yeah, but thought probably pick of the bunch was Keller, some great saves, particularly in that second half when Mitchell and were definitely the better side in that second half. Liverpool went off the gas a little bit and but yeah, it was one one like I say, and we scored so early. But for me, all all I all I can think about about that game is what VAR is doing to football, what it's doing to the game, and it's absolutely destroying the game. Whether you think some of the decisions are right, some of the decisions are wrong, the way they're going about it is totally wrong. The way it's being run is totally wrong. The way it's being implemented on the pitch. It's totally wrong. The way it's being implemented on the screens is totally wrong. It's just a shambles. I've watched football. I've loved football all my life, 30 plus years. I've watched thousands, thousands of games. I I can honestly say to you, I don't know the rules of football. I never thought I'd say that. I don't understand the rules. It really doesn't make sense to me. I mean, the first one where they get the penalty... The thing what I think is strange about it is why weren't they showing the offside or the potential offside on the screen, what they always do, and drawing the lines and all that. They didn't do it. All they did was went to the to the box and see if he clips him, which, yeah, I think he did clip him. But was he offside or was he not offside? Why wasn't that checked? It took a full, I think it was about 15 minutes from when the incident happened for them to actually show on screen some sort of lines. And the lines they drawn were an absolute joke in my opinion there's lines here there and everywhere that's not football that's micromanagement of football it's either offside or it's not there's no there's no there shouldn't be lines on under armpits on heels on elbows it's just crazy and yet they get back into it making it 1-1 and VAR continues to to me dominate and ruin that second half like I say it was a it was a dead rubber of a game should have been a game just to enjoy see the youngsters good run out for them but at the end of the game I'm, I'm ready to smash the telly up just down to VAR again it's it's really starting to break me now week in week out talking about this but yeah to me they should have they should have been 2-1 up as well VAR's intervened ball into the box is it second phase of play third phase of play for, and then the line they draw for that is on someone's heel or something and the two one up in my opinion, but that gets choked off. So it's it's nothing to do with Liverpool in my opinion. You can never say it's about me being biased. It's just the way VAR's run is a shambles. And um, the one near the end, Minamino, given offside, I think bad linesman on the field, and then they go to VAR, and it takes again an absolute age. The people on the comments who are saying there's nothing up with the goal, looks fine, not offside. Is it a handball? Is it not a handball? It took so long to decide. And then yeah, they choked that one off and then all of a sudden they pull an angle out where maybe it did touch his hand. But 
it's micro management of the game. It's it's painful for me to watch. It really is, and it's not what football's about. I don't know what the answer is, but this is not the answer. It's not. It was a dead rubber of a game, and it doesn't really matter. These things could be happening in like. You know, deciding games or finals or it doesn't even bear thinking about derbies or you know, games against United. It's it I'm absolutely furious and it's an absolute nothing game. So yeah, VAR I, I don't know what else can be said about it. I'm absolutely I'm at, I'm at my wit's end with it. Really, really am. And I've, you see it, you see it week in, week out. It, some of the decisions I've seen this week, I think there was the Southampton, there was a Southampton penalty given. How? I just, it's just every single game now, nearly, isn't it? And it's, 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 it's painful, and it's, yeah, it's, it's sucking the life and the enjoyment out of the game. If I can just try and put that to one side, and like I say, it's the Champions League now. That's done. The group's done top of the group we can put that to bed as we say now till the new year very busy schedule coming up I'm sure there's going to be some more yeah, incidents but yeah Fulham at the weekend then Tottenham midweek that is a huge game look forward to that one I think we've got enough to beat them if we can keep everyone fit and I am looking forward to the games don't get me wrong but this this VAR stuff can't continue come on let's get it sorted authorities and clubs and players let's get together and sort this out but Liverpool come on let's keep this going come on Reds Ross sharing his thoughts on the draw with Midland here on the post game podcast well over on the Blood Red YouTube channel after the game our Blood Red writer Matt Addison joined myself for our debrief show live after the full time whistle and here's a flavour of the chat if you haven't joined us before. Obviously, the result didn't matter, and that is a lot of the time what makes it exciting, isn't it? Knowing that whatever happens, there's a consequence to, to those actions, and obviously we knew that that wasn't the case tonight. So yeah, there's still a few talking points. Obviously, VAR comes up once again, uh, as it seems to do every single match at the time, uh, you know, in the, the current time and the way that, that football is at the moment. But I suppose the, the big thing for Liverpool is there's no injuries. There's a, a couple of youngsters who came in and, and did well, as I'm sure we'll we'll get on to a little bit later on. But yeah, it was uh, not the most entertaining, but it's one of those Liverpool had to play the game. They have played it. And for Jurgen Klopp and his players, it, it's on to Fulham now. Yeah, those joining us on Facebook and YouTube, do keep your comments coming in. We've had a few on screen already and the ones we've had, Matt, all about VAR and two two big talking points really today's game. Of course, there was the penalty that Midland were given. The offside flag had gone up on the field, so that of course must have been overturned VAR before the penalty decision was given. They of course had a goal disallowed, and then right at the end, it seemed Takumi Minamino thought he'd got the winner, but maybe a Sadio Mane handball in there that denied him. Yeah, I mean, all of the decisions in the end were correct. It's more the time that it took for them to get to that decision. The fact that they didn't show the, the offside in the run-up to the penalty for about, I think, 10 or 11 minutes, maybe slightly longer um, on the, the television footage. And it's just the case of explaining those decisions a little bit better. They're not the easiest ones to spot if you don't know exactly what's gone on and, and the exact process. But I think the bottom line is that all of them were correct. I think the Mane one is incredibly harsh. It doesn't matter that it wasn't an intentional handball because it was an action that directly led to Minamino putting the ball in the back of the net. So by the letter of the law, they were all correct. But 
the same time, I completely understand, you know, lots of people getting in touch and saying it's spoiling the game. It made it horrible to watch. And, you know, it, it's hard to disagree with that. You don't want goals standing or, or penalties being ruled off when they shouldn't be because it does change the outcome of the game. And obviously we know that this one didn't matter. Mitchelland were bottom, Liverpool were top and, and there was nothing really riding on it. But in bigger games, these sorts of decisions do make it a big impact. But you just want that process to be a little bit quicker. And just for it to be explained a little bit better, obviously, um, on the, the TV, we have different former referees who give their opinion during the game and, and stuff like that. And, you know, even tonight we saw that you know, even he didn't really know what was going on. He, he couldn't quite understand things at, at certain times. And I think it would be a little bit more helpful just to communicate those decisions a little bit better. I think that would just help people understand what was going on and, and appreciate, you know, how difficult the job is and, and sort of allow people to, to accept those decisions a little bit easier. I think look, the, the decisions for me, all of them were correct. As I say, it's literally just a case of, of speeding up that process and making it accessible, if you like, so that the average football fan just knows what's going on. Because ultimately, as we know, fans are the reason that the game is so good. So, yeah, I think they have to be put a little bit further to the, the forefront of, of VAR's thinking. For more of that, head over to the Blood Red YouTube channel. Don't forget, for even more reaction, the Liverpool.com podcast will be with you on Thursday afternoon before we build up to Sunday's game away at Fulham in Friday's Blood Red podcast. As for Champions League action, we'll remember the draw for the last 16s to come on Monday at 11am. You can catch the draw live on the Blood Red YouTube channel. The Reds, of course, knowing that they'll be seeded, so we'll face one of the runners-up from the group stage, that being either Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Lazio, Barcelona, RB Leipzig, Porto or Borussia Mönchengladbach. Well, that's all for us here on the post-game podcast. Thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel.